0: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to The Short Thing here on January 4th, the first episode for us in 2021. Lots of football going to be on the show today, so uh, with the NFL playoffs, and obviously we're going to talk about the college football playoff that happened last uh, Friday. So a football-heavy show today in store for us. Warren Shore here with Ryan Silva. You can check us out Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, so far. So thanks everybody for listening. Tell your friends, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Ryan, how was your, uh, how's, how's your new year been so far?
1: It's been pretty good. Uh, a lot of, uh, just hanging out, getting the house back in order, you know, taking out the rest of can't hear you
0: because you probably changed your placement of your microphone. Uh,
1: no, it should be good. Can you hear me now? Everything's good on my end okay can you hear me Uh, huh can you hear me now
0: yeah i can hear you now
1: that was weird yeah everything was exactly the same everything was plugged in for the first time i feel like that's a once a week occurrence but no as i was saying everything's been great just getting the house back in order after uh finally you know finishing up the uh, christmas decorations taking that down uh all that good stuff obviously i'm sure we'll talk about it celebrating a nice little division uh division championship last night but uh so far so good
0: as far as 2021 goes yep uh so far so good for me as well um things are off so we'll just get right into it um oh well first before into it i would like to announce that my tiktok has crossed the half a million views mark i mean it's about time uh well we're really slowing down it's at five hundred two thousand four hundred. it took what about three weeks two weeks yeah, yeah, it's not going to get any higher than that, I don't think. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, we, we really missed out on that, uh, that crossover, the, the social media crossover is what you really needed to get that extra boost.
0: Yeah, but hey, you know what? 500K, we'll take it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's well past uh, certified viral.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. So that's where we stand uh, on that. That was the milestone we were looking for. And we uh, got that. So we'll start off with the NFL then we'll go to college football. Um so the NFL Cowboys yesterday lose to the Giants uh man lots of questionable if if I would say going into the off season obviously they if whoever won that game needed Washington to lose to make the playoffs but if from what could be considered a shaky uh a shaky season by your head coach, game management wise, and some people want him want him out. Some people like, oh, you should stay and have Dak, and they kind of finish strong. Some of the decision, yesterday's decision making, game management wise by Mike McCarthy, isn't going to leave you a lot of confidence going into. Isn't gonna isn't gonna feed a lot of confidence going into the 2021 season because there were some head scratching decisions in the 23 to 19 loss yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh, it just just the game as a whole. uh, I mean, I feel like the Cowboys played well. They, uh, you know, Ceedee Lamb had a good game. Like Andy Dalton was making good decisions with the ball. He was running with it a little bit, uh, slinging it around. But yeah, like you said, the the uh, the coaching decisions are kind of. You know, we, we, we've mentioned that numerous, numerous times. This isn't something new. Uh, we've mentioned the, the, the coaching decisions in-game. Uh, nobody denies that uh, Mike McCarthy can get his guys up and going for big games. But as far as the in-game adjustments, the in-game decisions, that's where he's really lacking. And I think that that really showed, you know, it reared its ugly head yesterday as they lose to I think what was an inferior Giants opponent. Uh, but uh, you know, you, you're you're left with what you got. You know, Mike McCarthy's going to come back next year. Hopefully, he gets some new guys around him, uh, especially that defensive coordinator spot. Uh, sounds like Kellen Moore's coming back. So you know, as far as being prepared going into the game, I think they'll be just fine. But, again, he's got to really reevaluate some of the decisions and, and how he makes the decisions he does in-game because that's really what's been lackluster this season What's it's really hurt them quite a bit.
0: I guess you could say inferior for the Giants on the offensive side of the ball. But the defensive yeah. side of the ball, they clearly have the superior defense and they have way more difference makers. They have so many more... Difference makers on the defensive side of the ball.
1: I mean, that offensive Cowboys. line was
0: just getting blown up. The, the Cowboys offensive line was getting blown up just snap yeah, after snap after what, snap. Six sacks mm-hmm. yesterday, six, seven sacks. They gave up five in the yeah. first three quarters.
1: Yeah, they 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 were just – it snapped the ball, and it seemed like Leonard Williams was in the backfield or somebody was in the backfield almost immediately. Uh, so that that was brutal watching that because it was just over and over and over again. They're just plowing right through them.
0: Well, this was kind of the trend of how the – uh early season games went with Dakos they get down to a big deficit early and then they're trying trying to play catch up kind of the whole mm-hmm. the whole second half and it works better with Dalton when Daniel Jones is kind of incompetent at quarterback or whatever they're doing they don't really know what's going on um and so you play yourself into the game and then him going for uh, the extra point, two point conversion thing was questionable. Obviously, the challenge not challenging that was, uh, is going to be, is being talked about as what the hell's going on, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. But it's just, I just don't, I don't get how you can challenge. And I think McCarthy's at a crossroads with himself of who he is. Like, for however much you want to believe this analytics barn thing, like this and that. That's not who Mike McCarthy is as a coach. Hmm. He was trying to adapt to a new system or... um, Which, credit to him for trying to learn new stuff and um, grow with the times of NFL and the analytics, even more with the analytics games when it comes to game management, because analytics and game planning has always been there, but he's trying to grow when it comes to the game management side. So he's trying to blend the two together and he's at a crossroads of like what the core beliefs are. I think of him as a coach when it's like coming for or going for two, going for it on fourth down, that type of thing. I really think he's at a crossroads of he's in between. Do I do what's right for like in my gut or do I listen to the analytics? And he hasn't done a good job of blending those two together.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely hasn't. Uh you know, like like and like I said earlier, it it's it's been a very up and down season because sometimes some, at some points you're like, you know, you 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 credit Mike McCarthy of how good he's looked or not, not how good he's looked, but you know, some of the the decisions he's made. Uh and then other times you just he just leaves you baffled. And so uh I would agree where it, you know, he he's he's uh what, what was in his press press conference he was talking about, you know, how he he's much more analytical now. And I, I think that, uh, anybody that is in heavy in favor of, of analytics, there's, there's still much to be desired from, from, uh, old Mikey C.
0: Yeah. But it's also blending, uh, blending them in there. And, uh, I mean, they look, they, they didn't have really a chance on the, like I saw people, I, Andy Dalton probably made a bad decision on third and goal. Um, by just heaving it to the end zone, but I'm not really going to fault him. The guy's trying to make a play. Um, yeah. You got one more play left, but that's not his mindset. His, he's just like, I saw a guy open Xavier McKinney made a nice play. It was a duck. but I mean, Dalton's trying to make a play there. So would you like to see him maybe throw it away so you can survive on fourth down? Sure. But you know what? The guy's trying to get an extra million dollars for himself and he's trying to make a play. So I, I don't think it's, and he played, he's, He put them in the situation where they even had a chance to potentially make the playoffs going into yesterday. So he played much better than what he did earlier on in the season. So credit to him. Oh,
1: absolutely. I think yesterday is probably one of the better games he's looked – you know, one of the best games he's he's had or as as good as he's looked. Like I said, with his decision-making, yeah, you bring up the the interception. That was a poor decision. But just, you know, as far as – if something's not there, getting outside the pocket, maybe getting rid of it. Uh, you know, he, he was much better at not forcing things the majority of the time. He was able to to escape the pocket, escape the pass rush, which he had to do numerous times, and get downfield to pick up some yards with his legs. Um, now, I won't say it was vintage Andy Dalton, but it was. You know there were there were flashes of of the Andy Dalton we saw uh, when he came into the league, being able to to use his athleticism and and uh, get some hard fought yards. I mean he he got 48 yards on the ground. That's a pretty good game uh, on the ground for him. Obviously you don't want your uh, quarterback running that much, and I think it was more so out of necessity, not out of design. But uh, no, I, I was very pleased with the way Andy Dalton played, and I think uh, if that defense is better, then uh, they then they definitely have a much better shot to win that game. If they don't win it, you know, for sure.
0: I think def- I think another thing too is that Zeke has a conditioning problem this year. It only oh, seems for like sure. he's, he's only able to play two plays in a row. And then he's coming out, or they take him out. Like what happened to the three down back? Was it corona related? Because I'll tell you what, like Miles Garrett is not the same player since he had the coronavirus. Zeke this year looked like a shell himself, and he had the coronavirus in the offseason. So maybe there's something lingering there for Zeke because he had a uh he didn't have it as recently as Gareth, but there's definitely something going on with Zeke this year conditioning wise. And I've seen it in Miles Garrett the past three weeks or four weeks, ever since he's had the virus. But um it's it's the fact that he can't play three downs in a row is, is jarring and, and it's alarming.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely, I'm sure there's some kind of respiratory issue going on with both guys. you know, I honestly haven't been keeping a, a close eye on miles Garrett, obviously, but just as far as, you know, uh, it, it, it affects your respiratory system. So I'm sure there are lingering effects. So yeah, that has probably has a lot to do with it, but I do think, I mean, he, he doesn't look like he's in crisp shape just physically, uh, like the, you know, the, the aesthetically is what I mean there. We, we, over his the last three or four years, we've seen his weight slowly increase or he looks, you know, those, those abs are slowly, slowly disappearing and those crop tops kind of disappeared with him as well. So, uh, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I wouldn't, I'd be dumb to think that, uh, you know, his actual physical condition outside of coronavirus was lacking coming in. And, uh, then that was just kind of the cherry on top to really put him under.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we could talk, we'll talk more about what they need to do in the off season. Um, Later on down the road, but it was obviously you have to fix the defense. And uh, it's Dak's coming back. It seems like he's, his rehab's going great. I mean, going the way the division is, seriously, how the Cowboys aren't the favorites going in next year with Dak coming back? I I don't really see how they how they aren't the favorites, um, even if the defense just improves, like from 31st in the league to like 24th. Mm. how are they not the favorites to win the division? Because their offense is going to be really good again. And it's going to be what we saw in the first when Dak was healthy, when he was throwing all those yards. Yeah, I know they were down, but I, I, I seriously don't know how they aren't the division favorites right now going into the next season with the full, fully healthy Dak.
1: Well, and then going into next season too, their schedule will be considerably easier because they finish in third place you know, in this division. And, and so they'll be playing a lot of lower tier teams. So I think they are set up you know, for success moving forward for next season.
0: Yeah, so next year they get, um, they will face the Vikings, Panthers, and the Cardinals. I don't know what their crossover. Uh, the AFC West is the one, is one of them, I know for
1: sure. Okay. Um, uh, and then, uh, I, I don't know what the other one is. Um,
0: all right, I'll pull that up, but, yeah. I'm assuming so. it's, i it's probably the South, right? The AFC South? Um, uh, I feel like they just played them last year. Okay. Um. I don't know, i don't know though uh, I'll pull this up here hold on
1: i actually i saw it posted somewhere the other day.
0: they uh, face the um n f c they face the n f c south so the a f c west and the n f c south are their division crossover next year okay so, they face Arizona at home again, and then they go on the road to Minnesota. Um, so, they're, they go to New Orleans. They go to Kansas City. They go to Tampa Bay. Um, so, those are their three big road games. Uh, and then they face uh, L.A. against the Chargers. Um, so, that's what they're... I mean, look, the thing, too, is Minnesota could turn it around. So, the third place get like, who knows what the deal is. Um but still they should they do get the benefit of the third place schedule, but they should who knows what every team is gonna be uh going into next season. Yeah. But still, I mean, you gotta think they got the best quarterback on the field. As of right now. Mm-hmm. You don't know what Washington you got Washington's gotta get a new quarterback. Um he's Dax better than Daniel Jones and who knows what the Eagles are gonna do. I I, who I don't I don't think they're going to go into the season with Jalen Hurts as the starter. Um,
1: Might be Nate Sudfeld.
0: It's not Nate Sudfeld. Um, but I I don't know how you could say you're going into the end of the season with Hurts as a starter. Uh, he wasn't. So the thing last night was he wasn't playing great. I know they had a ton of guys. He played fine, but it wasn't like he was playing like lights out. He was doing a lot with his feet. He definitely gave them the better chance to win, other than Sudfeld. But it wasn't like he was like lighting it up. The guy was seven of twenty and threw for like ninety-four yards. So it wasn't like we're like we're taking out a guy that's throwing for three touchdowns and two hundred and twenty yards in a close game. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how you go into the season with him as your starter.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think that's that's gonna be their starter if he stays in that game. The Eagles win that game for sure, no oh, doubt in my sure. mind. Um, and so I, I think that's their guy. I think they've made, I think Doug Peterson's made his mind up. Um, and I think that they also can kind of see, you know, and I, I say this not fully confident, but you know, for Carson Wentz, as much as that contract is, you can still sell a little high on him. Uh, it's not what it would have been if, obviously, if he was still under a rookie contract or something like that and you did give him a ton of money. But I still think that they'll be able to get a decent haul back for him if they try to trade him to one of these quarterback-desperate teams. You know, if you're, a, if you're a team that's that you feel like you're just a quarterback away, Um, I think you're willing to maybe take the chance on on Carson Wentz. I know everyone keeps mentioning the Colts as being a a landing spot, but I still feel like they're you know, their defense is really good. Um, But uh, they still need a few more weapons, I think, uh, to be just a quarterback away to be, you know, a a big time contender. I mean, they Um, won
0: 11 and five. I think they're. I mean. The Colts are seriously on the cusp.
1: Yeah, but I—I I mean, that's fine. I still think that they—that they do need, you know, T.Y. Hilton. He's—he's he's not the same guy he used to be. And I think some of that might have been, you know, Phil Rivers, because T.Y. is—is is that deep threat and Phil Rivers. You know, his arm strength is obviously dwindling. Um, but, it, you know, maybe a team like the Saints, they I, I don't know i don't know if, if they're serious about Taysom Hill, but, you know, a, a guy like Sean Payton, who can really transform an offense, you know, with his quarterback, and they got plenty of weapons. I don't know. They're, but they're, they're, I feel like there might, might be a couple teams that are just a quarterback away that they feel like, and they're willing to get, you know, willing to be a little desperate. And so I think the Eagles can sell high on them. They feel like if they can – Keep Jalen Hurts, keep him under his rookie contract, and then kind of build around him. Because I mean, they 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 need quite a few pieces. Uh, and paint dumping all your money into into a quarterback that's been so lackluster isn't going to get you there.
0: Yeah, but the problem is that with the whole cap. Like, what team is going to take on Wentz's deal?
1: No, I know, I know. And it, like I said, it's it's got to be a team that's desperate that feels that they just need that one spot, and then they're they're going to be serious contenders. So. Because, I mean, we've seen in the NFL, you win one Super Bowl, you're kind of good for like the next like five or seven years, right? Like, you, you, or you go to the Super Bowl, like, you can kind of tell your fan base, hey, you know, we went to the Super Bowl and it just didn't work out, or we won the Super Bowl. So, you know,
0: I mean, Philly didn't give them even give them a one year grace period. Oh, as far as what? What do you mean? Like, we won the Super Bowl and now they won the Super Bowl, what, four years ago? Uh, 2016, yeah. Yeah, four years ago and they're going bananas. They've been going bananas ever since they won the Super Bowl.
1: No, I, I mean, I mean, as as far as the team, you know, like like the franchise itself can can kind of sell itself as, hey, we were we were. Uh, well, I think that's kind of done. I mean,
0: this team like, just shot. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I also think it's like a different animal. Like the Giants, when was the last Super Bowl they won? Twenty
1: twelve. Uh yes. Like, oh, yeah. I don't
0: like. This was their winningest season since the first year of Ben McAdoo at six and 10. I feel like they're a team that's like, hey, you know what? We've got those two Super Bowls. That's in since 2007. So I feel like they use this more Super Bowl card than the Eagles. And the fans, at least for the Giants, use the more Super Bowl. Hey, we got those two Super Bowls more than the Eagles have. And the Eagles have won them more recently. Mm-hmm. And I know two is different than one, but. It's not like also when Eli was the quarterback, they were making the playoffs like every single year. Right. They had plenty of down years then. They just got a hot two years. So I feel like it also is different for different like fan bases.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And Philly was mad. I mean, Philly's mad about everything. But they're mad about the drafting of players and all the, all the other things up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, let's go to the game last night. I 100% agree. Uh, no way Washington wins if Jalen Hurts is still in the game. Shoot, they almost lost anyways with Sudfeld in the game, trying yeah. to turn it over that many times. Yeah. Um, and Washington wins 20 to 14. It was pretty clear. I, when when Peterson went for it on fourth down, fourth and goal, when he could have tied it up, what was that like five minutes ago in the third quarter?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it was pretty clear then that they were just. They weren't playing for a tie. They were like, hey, you know what? We're going to run what we want. If we get a touchdown, great. If we don't, fine. We'll be fine with the outcome. Either way, and they were playing for... To me, they were they, that's when they were like playing for the loss. Because if you play to win, you kick the field goal and tie it up.
1: Well, there's also another situation. I think they was like fourth and three or something like that and they're right around midfield and doug peterson when he's calling his game they go for that like 10 out of 10 times
0: like in the first quarter
1: and they punted it away and so it was like okay I, I don't think it was the first quarter there was one later in the game that there was that was that was okay. a similar situation. i remember
0: one in the first quarter that it was like or second quarter it was like fourth and two at midfield and they punted it
1: yeah, and so uh, that that was you know another another situation where you're like, okay, yeah, if, if they're really trying to win this game or playing for the win, uh, Doug Peterson goes for that ten out of ten times.
0: Well, and also the putting in the Sudfeld, it wasn't like this was just a rash decision. He talked about this during the week. Well, I think, and you know, and he did. He
1: he mentioned that hey, we might see Sudfeld get some reps out there, but I think he had it in the back of his mind of like. Either, A, if we're getting blown out, we're going to put this guy back, we're going to put this guy in, or if it looks like we have a chance to win, we're going to put this guy in so that we make sure we don't. You know what I mean? Like, I think he was setting himself up, so either way, he, uh, he kind of had an out to, uh, to, to get Nate in there and make sure that they didn't win this ballgame.
0: Yeah. There was a, I mean, the outrage today on that is
1: – Last night.
0: And last night is – it's Miles Garrett-level preposterous. Just outrage
1: but a couple of people have tweeted and i think they're right the only reason there's such outrage is because it was the primetime game
0: well i also think yes 100 percent. but also because i it was the primetime game and i think it had effect on another team mm-hmm. like there's the whole thing in golf of hey when you're playing in a tournament you got to protect the field as in make sure everybody in your group is following the rules so like you're protecting the field in case something is fishy Yeah, Doug Peterson did not protect the rest of like didn't protect the field. So say last night of, hey, we're going to try and play every game to win. He clearly did not do that last night. And was it his call? Was it the front office call? Who knows? But he clearly was not trying to win that game. And I think that's what made a lot of people, man, especially Jason Kelsey on. He was a month ago after one of the games. He said, how can you tell us that we're going to you can't say we want to try and lose, like we put in all this work, we put our bodies on the line to try and win. We go out to play and to win. And I mean, he just looked dejected on the sidelines when they put Sudfeld in. You saw it with this snap when he turned it out, when he had the bad snap. Um, So yeah, I just don't know how you could look at your players and put Sudfeld in when those guys put their bodies on the line and, and do that. That's to me where it... Like you could call the game where you're trying like he was already mastering a tank job with Hertz in there Mm -hmm. um so why not just try and finish it out
1: yeah i mean i I, and not make it so obvious yeah i mean you're you're definitely not wrong um it's uh there was also a play too that's that i saw where uh sudfield's getting rushed right up the middle by i think it was our middle linebacker john bostick and Jason Kelsey turns and like he would have been beat either way. But usually an offensive lineman will at least stick an arm out and try to shove a guy to see if they can get him off balance. He looked at the guy, he looked at John Bossick, run right by him and he turned his head the other way and just let him go right up the field. So I think that was kind of a telltale sign too of like, Hey, if, if this guy's going to be back there, and we're trying to lose, then I'm going to try to lose. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's not his thought process, but it's like it was almost like you know a middle finger to to Nate Sudfeld and to Doug Peterson. Of uh, you know, Jason Kelsey picked up that block. Like I said, the majority of the time, if not, he at least puts an arm out to kind of shove a guy and get him off balance. But he just let him run right by him, didn't even think twice and turned his head the other way. So yeah, for for guys like that, for Jason Kelsey, when you saw how juiced he was after they win the Super Bowl and how much he's meant to this team and this offensive line and how much he's battled through injury, a game like this. You'll you can lose a locker room even going into next year. I mean, unless you unless you guys like so you, they're going to have to make a deep run or they're going to have to make some huge improvements and prove that they are, uh, you know, serious about winning. And when I say they, I mean the front office and Doug Peterson or else, you know, th- this this could set the Eagles back, you know, at least a couple of years. Yeah, we'll have to see what
0: the lasting effects on them are.
1: I mean, there's there's talks already that Jason Kelsey and, you know, Zach Ertz and a couple other guys aren't even going to be back anyway, so it doesn't matter. And that could also play a role in Doug Peterson's thought process too. Well, they
0: were also going to have to let a couple guys go because the cap is going down, and they are way over the cap, and they have to cut some of the bigger salaries. So that was talk. That's, those are more cap-cap. There's going to be a lot of good players get cut this year because the salary cap going down. Mm-hmm. I don't think people really, like, realize that, Teams are going to be if you're over the cap or around the cap. There's going to be guys that get released. You're like, really that he he's a free agent? Like, there's going to be cap casualties that you are shocked about this year. Yeah. Um, And Kelsey and Ertz are going to be two of those guys. Like, you would never think those guys would get get cut or Ertz maybe because they got Goddard and you could find a tight end and he hasn't been healthy. But like Kelsey, like that's the heart and soul of of the team, and he's just. I mean, he's he's probably gone. Um, Washington, look, I I can't watch Alex Smith play football. I'm sorry. I it's a great story what he did. I it's, it's amazing, but I can't do it. The guy's limping out there every play. I'm, I just can't do it.
1: Yeah, it was ugly.
0: It was yep. ugly.
1: Uh, anytime he had to, he tried to move outside the pocket. Oh. I mean, it looked like it it like physically hurt him to do yes. so. And, uh, so it was, it was, uh, it was tough to watch at times. I mean, when he's sitting, when they have decent pass protection, like, all right, fine. He can sit back there and throw, but even his accuracy is, is taking a hit because he's not able to plant and drive off that, that right leg. And so, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to watch. Like you said, the story's great. It's awesome that he came back, but if they want to make any sort of an actual playoff run, I don't know that he can be back there, um, next week against the bucks because it's, like you said, it's it's it just physically looks like it hurts and hurts him to move. And two, I mean, one hit and it could be it could be a wrap again. You know what I mean? It could it could seriously injure him or or uh or you know I guess just seriously injure him or end his career. You know for sure because he's not able to protect himself. He's not able to escape. Like it's just
0: it's brutal. I think they should play Heineke next week. I know they're not, but. I
1: think they should too. I think he I, I think he gives us a decent chance because he can move. He he showed that he saw that he made some good decision making with the ball. And so uh, you know, I, I I I'm not against him playing at all.
0: It's not that he can move, it's that Alex Smith doesn't even look to throw it 20 yards down the field. Yeah. Like the whole McLaurin had seven catches for 39 yards. Don't you expect a yeah. guy with like seven catches to have, I don't know, like 80 yards, maybe? Hopefully you get at least 70. Hopefully you get 10 yards of catch in there. Maybe it evens out to 10 yards of catch. I like had 39 yards on seven catches. It's like the, the the back half of the field does is like non-existent. doesn't yeah. even exist.
1: And then I think that's also why we struggle to run the ball too because, I mean, nobody yeah. is nobody's downfield expecting to have the defense or the top of the defense taken off. I mean, Alex Smith, he completes 22 passes for 162 yards. You know what I mean? So it's like a guy – nowadays a guy completes 22 passes. You think he's getting at least 250 yards, something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. He, he immediately looks for the check down. It's not even like before where he'd look, he'd look at his first or second read and then go to the check down. He snaps the ball and he's looking for the check down immediately.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, but, uh, that last night's game was a fitting end to the NFC East deciding who won that title.
1: I mean, shoot, even the Cowboys giants game, the ending of that game was a fitting. <laughs>
0: With the, oh, I'm saying the whole games in the NFC East were very fitting the Gallman fumble. Yeah. Jalen, I'm so, I know I said this, before. Jalen Smith, that guy, I'm so, if he didn't celebrate after like every play or whatever, I think I would like him more. I, I'm so sick and tired of his, his, his act. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the fun, the Wayne Gallman fumble, he just dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. I was really hoping for a turnover on like every play in the Washington Eagles game in the fourth quarter. I just wanted pure chaos. And I mean, they were living it up. They were living up to it for a little bit, but I was just laughing hysterically sometimes at that. I thought it was hilarious at last. I know you didn't think it was hilarious, um, but for a neutral, as they say in England, I thought that was a laugh out loud game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. like I said, like, I mean, you said it perfectly it was a perfect, you know, bow on uh, on the NFC East. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're on to Tampa Bay.
0: On the t- on the Tampa Saturday nighter against Tampa Bay. Saturday night, yep. Um, I yeah. I will say,
1: look, look. I like our defense's chance against Tampa Bay uh, if we can get a good pass rush. Our pass rush really wasn't that good yesterday, if we're being completely honest. Um, but you know, Tom Brady doesn't have the mobility near the mobility that Jalen Hurts has. You know, not a not a not a breaking news there. But if we can get a decent pass rush, I think we have a good chance to kind of hang around. Now, can we keep up with them if uh, they score a few? uh that's the real question which i think the answer is no we can't with alex smith back there with taylor haneke maybe
0: also remember tampa bay too many weapons yeah too many weapons spin zone mike evans doesn't play takes away a less uh takes away a weapon maybe not saying this this is dumb hey that takes away one of their too many weapons that i'm not saying they're better without mike evans
1: no, no, I get, I mean, we saw it yesterday. Once he went out, I mean, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown started lighting it up a little bit. So, uh, but uh, f- uh, so far, the report is Mike Evans will be good to go next week. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, unfortunately there, uh, they'll have one of the top receivers in the league. But uh, the, you already know who my biggest worry is about trying
0: to cover. Oh, Gronk. Yeah,
1: 100%. 100%. What about Bright? Him too, both of them.
0: Um, yeah, no. That is that is that then. All right. Before we get to the NFC or the AFC. Cliff Kingsbury should be fired today.
1: The worst coach that still has a job right now.
0: How can you look at his fourth quarter game management coaching play calling at all? How can you bring him back?
1: Third and 20. You can run a speed option with a guy that has a leg injury
0: on third and 17 down 11. Right? They were down 11, 18 to 7. Yeah. And then and you punt with five minutes to go and one timeout. And you know, you get the ball back for like two Hail Marys. Mm-hmm. What is he? Th- I seriously think he had money on the Rams yesterday. <laughs> I mean, there's no other explanation of what he did yesterday. It was jarring.
1: Where's he from? Maybe, he, maybe he's a Bears guy.
0: Cliff? Yeah. Um, I don't know where he's from. I think he's a Texas guy, isn't he? Is he? Is he's he from- got to be a Texas guy. He went to Tech. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's from San Antonio. Okay. The New Braunfels High School is where he went. Okay. Um, but that was just... That was a jarring coaching performance yesterday.
1: There was. No, there were quite a few. It's, it's funny because obviously I have, a, I have a ton of friends that are Cardinals fans. And uh, seeing the, uh, the Twitter feed with, uh, and, and the Facebook feed of, uh, of them complaining about Cliff Kingsbury, um, mostly the ones whose, whose sports opinions I respect uh, were laugh-out-loud funny. And uh, it's because uh, it was jarring of, of how bad the decisions were. It was like a seven-year-old playing Madden.
0: Yeah, but even worse. <laughs> like, Seriously. A seven-year-old in mana doesn't punt down eleven on fourth and eighteen. Yeah, that's it. Just looked like there was such a lack of urgency going on. I just it, it seriously looked like they just thought they were gonna they were in the playoffs if they won or lost. Yeah, not if that you had to win. Mm-hmm. And that quarterback, he was not good. Uh, Wolford was way better than than the other guy. But
1: yeah, respect to AF man.
0: Yeah. Um, but, uh, God, that was just a jarring, a jarring, um, coaching performance. Yeah, oh my God. Yes. It was, that was, I, I cannot believe like more people aren't talking about like people were like, Oh, Cliff did what? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. But again, like, because was it, was, it was,
1: it was, it was the, uh, afternoon games. So nobody was really like, for sure. you know, there, there was what, seven other games going on. And so yeah, it, it's not well, magnified.
0: focusing on the Titans game, the Titans-Texans game.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah. So that's why he slips under the rug. But shout out to him for being able to pull that off. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how they, how they bring him back.
0: Yeah. I'm, well, they're going to, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a jarring performance. And then in the AFC, not really any chaos going on. I would say the teams that won – That were expected to win and are in the playoffs. The Dolphins got, I mean, absolutely smacked by the Bills. So they're out. They're 10 and 6. They are the only team with a winning record that missed the playoffs. That's tough. No team. How about this? I'm looking at the standings right now. No team went 9 and 7 this year. You either finished two games above 500 or you, or I mean, four games above 500 or you finished at 500. No one went nine and seven in the league this year for my quick, uh, quick. No, you're right.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at it right now too. Yeah. Nobody That's did. It's pretty,
0: su- pretty surprising. Um, so yeah, the NF AFC, you got to win 11 games to make the playoffs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, things are the play. I, the AFC clearly is, we've been saying all years was way more loaded than the NFC. Um, and we, Ryan, we're going to find out. We're going to, we're going to find out week one of my uh, prediction that the Browns are going to win more playoff games than the Steelers is, is going to be right.
1: How do you feel going into that game?
0: I've also yesterday, I feel like we were holding things back as crazy as, as crazy as, uh, as crazy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. I, I seriously think we were holding some things back. Chubb got like 12 carries yesterday or 15 carries. Like, and he breaks one. Oh, he breaks one. Um, In the first quarter for 47, he had 14 carries for 108 yards. Like, I don't get how, um, he, like, he didn't get more carries yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think Stefanski was holding some things back. And then especially when they were up 24 to nine, I think he was like, all right, let's just protect Chubb. We'll throw hunt out there, let him do the work. And it got, it got dicey. Uh, that's a, that's a fact. Um, but I feel like the Browns have no pressure. The pressure is all on the Steelers. And are we just also going to forget that the Steelers like lost four, went one and four to finish the season and had a, had a comeback finish against the Colts. Like, yeah. I mean, they weren't, they have not been playing great football.
1: No, they definitely haven't. I mean, you know, every, everyone was kind of slandering them to begin with, even when they were 11 and Oh, um, but uh Yeah, no, they definitely have not been playing their greatest football. Obviously, they rest a lot of their starters. Well, they rest Big Ben
0: yesterday. Um, They rested Watt and Hayward, but the whole secondary played. um, A big thing is for them, Joe Hayden's got Corona, so he's out for the game. Um,
1: Was he hanging out with some of the Browns or what? Huh? Was he hanging out with some of his old uh, buddies from the Browns?
0: No, but the big thing is, so we needed a Sunday game for Denzel Ward to come back and a couple of our other guys to come back with the Rona list. So I think the NFL tossed, uh, they did. I'm so, I am honestly shocked. We're playing on Sunday night. I thought we were going to get the one o'clock Sunday game. Um, but, uh, we needed to play on Sunday for the chance to have, uh, Denzel Ward, um, coming back. And the thing too, is that I'll tell you what, I think Mason Rudolph as much as has as bad a quarterback as he is, he might throw a better deep ball than Ben right now. I'm sure. I mean, their only offense yesterday was was throw up a prayer and hope you could beat uh, Robert Jackson, which Robert Jackson, there's a reason why he played six snaps this year before yesterday. <laughs> ain't very good. It's not his fault. Just what happened. So right. I'm uh, – I don't look. Right now, it, It's they're, I think the Browns can win. Will they win? Not – I haven't – fully bought in that they're going to win this week, but I think they can win. Uh, No, I I
1: definitely think they can too. That's why I was wondering what your, what your confidence level was Uh, because you know, at times you can be a, uh, a Browns realist and, and know that, Hey, this is probably a a spot where they shit the bed. Or you can also sometimes be, you know, have a little uh, Browns hubris and, uh, and uh, and really kind of go over the top with with how you feel about them or or, or your confidence level with them. So that's, that's what why I went scary. over the
0: top. I was saying they were going to win more playoff games than the Steelers. I didn't think we were going to face them week one. I thought we were going to beat the Jets and we were going to face the Titans. Yeah. And we could have made work of the Titans. Um, but uh, funny, so uh, my dad in the third quarter yesterday, it was – what was it? It was – I think it was still 10-9 to 9 at this point. Uh, they completed a long, or it was 10 to 6, they completed a long pass to Claypool down the sidelines, which was like, just throw up a prayer, I hope Claypool or Washington came down with it, or Johnson came down with it, whoever it was. My dad's like, I've had enough, and he went to the driving range for the, like, <laughs> the third quarter or the fourth quarter. <laughs> and right as he left, they scored two touchdowns in a row, and I was like, you're missing out all on the fun. And then he texted me, he goes, is it still fun now? And I go, well, if they win, yes, it will be. <clears throat> uh, yeah so uh we had that going on so that was a fun uh, that was a fun that was a fun deal Well, who are you do you think it's still the chiefs in the afc or are you on the bills wagon it's got i mean no uh, it's got to be the
1: chiefs until until you prove me different <clears throat> i think it's got to be the chiefs
0: didn't the bills and chiefs play each other this year
1: they not? did yeah they did uh and uh and the bills won the bills won 26 17. Or, excuse me, they lost. They lost. Oh, no, they lost. 17. Yeah, they lost 26 17.
0: Yeah, that was when they, that was in their back. That, well, that was also weird because they played a Tuesday against the Titans and then they had to play like that Sunday against the Chiefs.
1: It was a Monday Nighter.
0: Oh, Monday. It was a, that Monday afternoon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they had that that weird scheduling flip around. Yeah. yeah. But the thing about them is, I mean, they can score with the Chiefs.
1: Oh, they absolutely can. And and their defense is good enough to, you know, maybe For hold sure. the Chiefs at bay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I still I mean, until you beat the Chiefs, you, I would say it's going to be the Chiefs. For me.: I
0: will say though, like the Chiefs have shown some uh, weaknesses with Mahomes the last four weeks. They've won by like four points when their average margin of victory. If you told me that like, hey, any of these seven teams can make the Super, can win the AFC and make the Super Bowl, I could talk myself into say, you know what? I could probably see that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You see, like, it, it, I mean, we've seen, you know, obviously last year, the, was it last year, the chiefs Texans where they're down 24 zero and then they come back. I yeah. mean, the, the, we've seen the chiefs, you know, slip up now. And we've also seen them kind of like lay back and then step the foot on the gas and, and, and you know, Take over games. But if the Bills got off to, you know, 14 or 17 point lead, they're not looking back. I, I you know, that, that for sure. So if they, if they catch the, the Chiefs sleeping, I, de- obviously they wouldn't meet until the, the AFC championship game. But if they caught them sleeping, I, I have no doubt that the, that the Bills would be able to beat them.
0: Well, like you could make a case for obviously the Steelers making the Super Bowl. The Ravens, they look like they're playing some great football right now. Yeah. They're getting hot at the right time. The Titans. Their defense is bad, but they could put up a ton of points.
1: Their defense stinks,
0: um, but they can score with anyone. Let the Brown, who knows with the Browns, you you could if you that's if if your formula is run the ball and make sure the def, the opposing offense doesn't um, get on the field a lot. And the defense for the Browns is bad, but they get a lot of turnovers. You get some turnovers. You can make a case for them making it. And then the Colts. Phillip rivers is the question there, but that defense, I feel like that defense is good. It's talked about really good, but they give up a lot of points. Mm -hmm. Um, but like you can make a a case for the Colts behind Jonathan Taylor, how he's been playing like, like I, I seriously think that it is probably the chiefs that they're going to make it. But I mean, it's, you could say it's fairly wide open. Uh, I mean, wide open, I think is a bit of a stretch.
1: But uh, I, 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 think, I think it's three teams right now. I think it's the Chiefs, the Bills, and then a, a drop-off, and it's the Ravens.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing, too, is let's not forget that Andy Reid is still coaching the Chiefs. Right. Okay. So and I know he's got the great equalizer in Mahomes. But he's still got the clock management stuff and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, for it. sure. Like, it's because he won a Super Bowl doesn't mean we're just – we got a new Andy Reid. Clock management Andy Reid is, is fixed.
1: But I mean, also too, you know, you always make the, you can always make the argument they're one offsides away from being in two Super Bowls. So I For mean, sure. I, you know, I, I think I think those those clock management uh, issues will always kind of haunt him. But again, like you said, the great equalizer and Patrick Mahomes, I think, uh, kind of balances that out and maybe even outweighs it just a little bit. I mean, yep. and as as long as they have Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey, I mean, those two. Tyreek Hill is just. This, that guy just seems unguardable. Like I'm not even sure if he runs routes. I think he just—they tell him, "Hey, go get open, and we'll throw the ball to you."
0: Um. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think he just runs the go route. Uh But uh, but yeah. All right. We'll obviously get started Saturday. A Long couple days of football coming in. Um. And I'll tell you what. Real hardships for the Ohio for the Cleveland. Uh, for the Browns Ohio State fan they did us dirty sunday night monday night i mean how can how can someone handle that <laughs> that's just i mean that's what well, right. here's here's
1: the thing you lose sunday night you're pissed off and you're down and out but then you win monday night and you're happy now you lose both of them then you're probably jumping into the uh lake erie or whatever lake is up there uh oh, and, uh, you know, so, so that's tough. You win both. Pfft, who knows? You, you know, you might be seeing guys walking down the street eating horse poop again.
0: Well, funny you say that, Ryan, because guess what? In 2003, when the last time the Browns made the playoffs, Ohio State played Miami in the national championship game on Friday night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the Browns played in the playoffs on Sunday against the Steelers. And they split. Yeah. But the team that played first won. So...
1: Which I think that's Look, probably a better told- chance of happening this this time around, too. The first team that, that plays wins.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you what. If the Buckeyes, we're shifting over to college football now. If the Buckeyes play like they did on Friday night, they could beat Alabama. And I'm not doubting that they can't beat Alabama. They got the best defensive line in the country, I think. And Trace. Sherman has found something. Alabama's defense has been shaky this year. Now, it did. Notre Dame's offense was never going to score a bunch of points with their, with their, hey, we got to get eight-minute drives here and hope to get touchdowns. That's not playing against Alabama. You got to score quick. We saw Ole Miss put up, what, 46 on them? We saw Florida put 46 up, put up, what, 46 on them too? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Ohio State has the weapons on offense to put up in the 40s on alabama mm-hmm. so i i like the buckeyes chances against against alabama now the defense the secondary scares me sean wade has been terrible his dad was clamoring for the was protesting for the big 10 to come back uh probably sean Wade should have stayed opted out because he's not making himself any money this year he's costing himself money but and i'm not really trying to homer this up like i i really do think the buckeyes have it's gonna sound like i'm homering up but they have the skill position weapons to compete with Alabama. And if their defensive line plays like they did against Clemson, I think they got a good chance to win.
1: Yeah, I think um, the big thing, you know, obviously Justin Fields lit it up, but I think you also have to put a lot of that on Will Venables and how often he put his corners on an island. And like you said, Ohio State absolutely has the weapons. They always do. They always will. Um, but a lot of that was, I think, poor coaching calls on, on Dabo and Will Venables, um, on, uh, what was that Saturday night, Friday night, Friday oh, night. Right. And so, you know, Ohio State definitely went in and, and took that from them. But again, I think they were put in a tough situation. <laughs> the players were with some of the decision-making, uh, especially on a Dabo punting on fourth and short, like three or four times when he's down. Uh, and like I said, Will Venables was giving his corners zero safety help, and so they're just getting burned over and over and over again. And uh, I don't know if they underestimated Justin Fields' arm talent or what, 100%. but that, that that dude was chucking it up and uh, and and letting it fly and just throwing some absolute dots out there. Um, but uh, so I, you know, I, I'm still much like I said with the Chiefs. Until you beat Bama, it's going to be Bama for me. Um, and uh, but I, I think we're definitely in for a hell of a game come Monday night.
0: Here's the thing. Clemson went in and they underestimated Ohio State. They thought they were going to walk all over them. And guess what? All the, all, the, all the stuff that Dabo talked this week of ranking them 11th, all the other stuff, they got beat. And guess what? Ohio State should have beat them last year, too, if it wasn't for some bad calls, especially the fumble. It's like, this is two games in a row that Ohio State has outclassed Clemson. And only one of them they came out on top. Um, and Dabo underestimated Ohio State and he got worked. And Dabo probably coached one of the worst games of his career on Friday night. And he is just, I saw funny someone's like, Who do you think? Who do you think Dabo Sweeney is? Someone called him Jet Sweep Joel Olston. Joel Olston, <laughs> and, and another guy called him T. T-Vangel- T. Vangelist Bo Pellini. I think that I, you know me, I hate Dabo so much. I don't, I think he's a fraud. I just think his whole fake Christian bit wears old and the old golly shucks type of guy. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy from Alabama. I can't believe I'm coaching Clemson. all oh, oh my God, I can't believe it. I think that wears thin and he got got on Friday night by Ohio state and they took it right down their throats and he got embarrassed. And he's been embarrassed the last two times he was in the championship game. He got embarrassed against LSU. Yes, they had like the greatest season ever. And then he got embarrassed by Ohio state this time when they were talking all that trash. And now he's got to go look in the mirror and he walks away. Yeah, you won one national championship with Trevor Lawrence. But if I remember, everybody thought they were going to like three peat with the kid and they progressively got worse paying the national championship and lost, and they got steamrolled by Ohio state. So I think yeah, he's a fine coach, but he got embarrassed on Friday night.
1: It's a good thing you didn't homer that up at all.
0: Oh, look, you're not getting any. Uh, the amount of times I yelled 11th team in the country and show me Davo to the TV on Friday was a lot.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure. But, I mean, hey, uh, you know, he he kind of made his bed, then he had to lay in it after, uh, after rank them 11th, and uh, he tried to play it off of, oh, it was based off games played. And so he obviously he was he was setting himself up for failure. I mean, unless unless they came out and just absolutely bulldozed Ohio State, which I don't think ever was going to happen. Uh, he just set him and his, his team up for failure. And uh, Trey Sermon, like you said, he's a, he's a he's an absolute dude. I mean, he's just running over dudes. He's found this next year because, I mean, I've I've got to be honest, like I said, I've I've said this numerous times, to- numerous times. I'm not super locked in on Ohio State. The majority of the time when they're playing, it's like, okay, it's Ohio State. They're probably going to win. I'll check the stat box after. Uh, but Trey Sermon, he uh, – it, it's funny. The, when he got put on the map for me was the Big Ten Championship game because uh, that was on Fox, correct? Correct. And so Gus Johnson was calling it. And that that dude, he just has a way of calling a game where he just has to say the guy's name. And he just says it at different octaves and different levels. And so it started off with Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon! And then he starts yelling at the top of his, uh, top of his lungs. So I was like, okay, you know – this dude must be pretty, you know, must be balling out. And so, uh, then obviously after that, he has a couple more, you know, he has a good game th- this past week. Obviously he has the viral moments of, of breaking the fourth wall and looking at the camera. So uh, yeah, Trey Sermon's really, really helped that offense a lot. And I think it helped him even more with Trey, with, uh, Justin Fields, you know, being hindered with whatever rib injury he might have, even though he was still great, uh, having that, having that run game, um, you know, secondary is, is huge.
0: Yeah. Um, and also, after the game, one more thing on Dappo, You saying that, um, ranking Ohio State 11th didn't give them any extra motivation. Literally every single Ohio State player said, we're ranked 11th, what do you guys rank? 18th now or something? Mm-hmm. Like, Don't do this dog and pony show of thinking what you said didn't motivate, guy, mm-hmm. from a master motivator yourself. Like, If all the Ohio State players are saying, Oh, you really think we're the eleventh best team in the country? Guess what? It probably used was used to motivate them. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Venables was mad? His kid was out there getting cooked all night.
1: Well, I mean, he probably didn't love it.
0: That's that whole Clemson scene is a weird type of deal. Yeah, with like Sweeney's kid on the team, Venables' kid on this team. Then they got Herb streets two two of Herb streets kids on the team as like preferred walk-ons. I mean, I get why people want to go there. It's probably a great place to program, but there's just a weird, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right to me about that team. Yeah. I mean, the the <laughs> Herb Street thing,
1: you can kind of say that, uh, you know, they do it so that, you know, who's one of the biggest voices in college football as far as media goes, it's going to be Herb Street, So they're going to get preferential treatment, much like they kind of did not prefer preferential treatment, but as far as, uh, you know where which way his comments go, one way or the other. Much like he kind of did with Ohio State, where he kind of favored Ohio State quite a bit. It's like, well, my kids play at Clemson, so now I'm going to talk favorably about them.
0: I also think like Herb Street pretty calls it pretty down the middle when he's doing it on a Buckeye game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like if you want to nitpick, you probably can, but I I mean I think he's a he's always been kind of like straight right down the middle. Okay. But I guess you don't agree with me. Uh, no, no, I know. I, I mean, I, I
1: honestly, I, I do too. I, I, would say, I would, you know, he, he probably does lean more so towards, towards the middle. He's, you know, um, he doesn't pull the Troy Aikman where he tries to veer too far the other way. Um, but to, to Kirk Herbstreit's credit, you know, he does, he does do a good job. Uh, staying down the middle with just, about, I mean, he, he doesn't get accused of hating any teams, you know what I mean? So that's obviously, a, uh, you know, a good, a good show of somebody that can stay down the middle. So, no, I, I would agree.
0: Well, and also, Ohio State fans don't like him because he doesn't give him some Ohio State fans don't like him because he doesn't give him enough love. Well, there you go. Um, so that's how you know you're doing your job, right? And if he was favoring Ohio State, people are gonna be like, oh, well, guess what? He's just an Ohio State homer. Mm-hmm. Um, and this and that. So, yeah, they that was a fantastic performance by the Buckeyes on Friday night. OK, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be very good. But when that man sees pressure up the gut, he has a tendency to just stick his butt out, turn his feet straight and just. F- pray the pass gets there. Have you noticed that from
1: him? Yeah, and, and that's going to be something that he's going to have to work on going to yes. Uh, because we've seen it with <clears throat> with uh, with Tua as well, where. I forget who it was that said it, but they were like, you know, when he's playing back there with, uh, you know, for the dolphins, he's looking for guys to be my, or for, excuse me, he's looking for guys to be Alabama open. And they're never going to be that in the NFL. Yep. You're going to have to take some more chances and, and try to fit some balls in tight windows. And so, uh, you know, I think we've seen that quite a bit where guys get comfortable in college because of the weapons they have, because they can out athletes, uh, teams that they, uh, you know, they, uh, they can kind of chuck the ball up and and know that nine times out of 10, their guys are going to come down with it. When you, when you get to the NFL, these are all the best players, you know what I mean? So that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. That's the one thing I've, I saw from, uh, from Lawrence uh, lately, but all right, the other playoff game, Alabama and Notre Dame, Ryan, what did I tell you about the back door? Yep. Uh, It was wide open and Notre Dame walked right into that Uh, as they win that game. Even at 14 seven, I don't think anybody thought Notre Dame was going to win the game, um, no. but they fought harder than they did against Clemson. I guess I don't know who. who sh- tell me who the fourth best team was that was going to play better than Notre Dame in that situation. I'm not hearing it from the Aggies. I'm not. I'm not hearing it from any like they should have been in the playoff. I'm sorry. Anybody who played Alabama as the fourth team was going to is going to let that ha- is going to have that happen to them.
1: No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think uh, Notre Dame was the best matchup for them as far as who was going to be the most competitive. Um, You know, they played well. Notre Dame played well. But again, uh, you know, same thing I've been reiterating since the college football playoff matchups came out. They're not going to have the athletes. They're not going to have the guys to be able to do it. Um, But they were going to they were you know, they were able to, to stick around a little bit. And uh, I think that's you know compliment to Brian Kelly. I think Ian Book played a pretty decent game. Uh, I you know I I think I think that's a guy that you're going to see be a be a backup for a long time in the NFL. I think he can make the plays with his legs. He's good enough with his arm. He probably you know still has a lot of room to grow as far as being a a, a pocket passer. But I I was really really impressed with with what I saw from Ian Book.
0: Yeah, look, they just don't have the athletes on the offensive side at the skill positions. They don't have the clay pool there. Like if they have Claypool, maybe it's not they're not winning it, but that helps. Yeah. Like they haven't had their stud wide receivers there all at the same time, like Alabama does. Mm-hmm. Like Ohio State does. No, even I even like Clemson does. Like they don't have those skill guys that are all there. Um they just don't have the guys to compete out there and, and they gotta try and recruit more. So I was in the virtual Brian Kelly press conference. hmm I have not laughed in a press conference harder than that in a long time. Brian Kelly, first question out of the box, Dennis Dodd, I think he's at CBS Sports, just said, so what's it going to take for you guys to win a big game or something? And he just immediately refuted that. Like, we played hard. And then the next guy asked, so how do you do better in a big game? Then Brian Kelly's like, look at whoever Alabama played against. We we did we held them to their least amount of points all season. Like that's the epitome of a moral victory trophy right there. Good job, good effort on that one. You're right, but guess what? You scored 14. You were never really in the games offensively. And, and Brian credit Kelly to him
1: for at least acknowledging this game happened in the 2020 season. Huh? I mean, credit to Brian Kelly for him at least acknowledging for this sure, game happened sure. in the 2020 season.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Credit to him. Credit to him. And he did say they they got more physical than they did against Clemson, which I think that I I would agree with that. They. They, I thought they dominated kind of the when they were on the offensive line and running the ball. They, you could tell that they were getting the best of the Alabama defensive line. That's what I thought, um, but they just don't have the athletes again. Man, he was hot right out of the gates. He was testy if, if 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 you asked a bad question or something. He was he was not having it, and he was not having the we can't win a big game talk yesterday. He was or on Friday, he was not having it. He was hot under the collar.
1: Well, I mean, they're gonna have to win a big game for him to stop getting those questions. I mean, Owen's seven now in in these bowl games. Um, it's you know when when you when you when you if you if they're one in six, then maybe those questions go away. But you're Owen seven, so you're gonna have to deal with it until you win a big game, and that's just that's just the bottom line.
0: Yes, and then so another funny part from the press conference is one of the guys asked, "Hey, who do you think should win the Heisman Trophy?" Or you played Alabama and you played Clemson. Like, how do they differ? How do they the same? And who should win the Heisman Trophy out of the? Smith, Mac Jones, he said Trevor Lawrence. And so he gives this answer, blah, blah, blah. Next guy comes up, older. I yeah, I assume he was an older guy. He goes, Hey Brian, who do you think should win? Do you think Devontae Smith should win the Heisman trophy? <laughs> and Brian Kelly immediately goes, Did you not just hear my last question my answer to the last question? Were you not listening? He goes, the guy goes, No, I was listening. And he goes, So what's your question? He goes, So do you think Devontae Smith should win the Heisman? And Brian Kelly just goes, Sure, fine, whatever. Sure, yeah, he should win the Heisman, whatever. <laughs> and then the guy, he was so mad. It was, honestly, that was a bad job by the journalist. Though. Just a bad. And then the next guy to ask a question goes, hey, Brian, who do you think should win the Heisman? As a joke on the other guy. He goes, no, 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 that's not my actual question. That's not my actual <laughs> That actually got a laugh out of Brian Kelly. That was credit to the third, the third guy for saying, hey, who do you think should win the Heisman? That was a funny. Yeah. That was a funny line on the other two. And that got a kick out of Brian Kelly. But him just the other guy literally it was like he just was not listening to um uh to the press conference at all. Yes. And and then saying I did was hilarious.
1: Yeah. Well, did you see the clip of the chick that uh, said Trevor Lawrence needs to shave his stash? And yeah, but she wasn't story. muted. That was kind of funny. Trevor Lawrence's uh, reaction was kind of funny. He just kind of took it in stride, and that's tough to do after after you know losing a big game like that. But uh, uh, it's uh, it w- that was pretty funny too. Those virtual those virtual uh, press conferences will get you.
0: Okay, so I want to know how those people leave their mics on because when I was when we I was in the one for the Cotton Bowl and the one for Brian Kelly, like you have to. Click the webinar, raise your hand, and then they will grant you access. So maybe the Sugar Bowl was different than, like, the Cotton Bowl and all these other ones are different where you're just muted Mm -hmm. and you have to unmute yourself when you ask a question and then mute yourself when you're done. But, like, this one, you're on mute all the time, and then you have to, like, click, raise your hand if you want to ask a question. Yeah. So I don't know how they – I assume everybody on the same – And i don't know the college football playoff like umbrella is using the same webinar or whatever on zoom. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Um, but that's, that was it. Um, that was, yeah, no, that was pretty funny. All right. Then Texas football makes a surprising move. They can Tom Herman and bring in Steve Sarkeesian. So I heard people were going on a Sarkeesian, like Fender in Austin on Saturday. (laughs) uh ryan what are your thoughts on this i think it's a lateral move
1: at best um you know sark sark obviously has a has a i think the reason they make this higher is because of the quarterback play and how it's been very lackluster uh you know from colt mccoy up to now with sam ellinger um but uh it, so i think that's that's why they make this higher is because they need to they need that 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 big time uh, quarterback player or, you know, somebody that can, that can handle the position. And I think Sark is able to do that. He's going to have the dynamic offense, or at least you think he's going to, uh, you know, he's done a good job the last couple of years at Alabama kind of transforming that offense, but obviously them having the guys that they do makes that job a little bit easier. So he's going to have to recruit some of these guys. They're going to have to recruit Texas much better than they have the last few years. Um, and they're going to have to get some of these, these four and five star recruits that are leaving Texas or going down to a and you know, they're going to Ohio, they're going to Alabama, they're going to LSU, they're going to these blue chip programs he needs to start just start uh recruiting in your own backyard a lot better than than tom herman was able to do um so i think that's why they make this hire as far as an actual head coach i think this may be like i said a lateral move at best um now at least sark does have some head coaching uh, uh experience now if as long as they can stay at that liquor cabinet i think they'll be you know in decent shape but um as somebody that follows Texas closely and somebody that's, you know, like I said, I, I always consider myself kind of a pseudo Texas fan. Um, I've just I've just come to the uh, acceptance that Texas is never going to be Texas uh, like we saw in the Mac Brown era, or at least not anytime soon.
0: Yeah, uh, well, the thing that made that made. So I was curious why they would fire Herman like you tried for the Urban Meyer. Uh, Swing and you swung and missed on Urban Meyer who are you going to get that's better than Tom Herman? But so Sarkeesian, Hey, you know what? Maybe he's figured it out. He's probably got his life on track much better than what he did at USC in Washington. And he said in his, in his statement or press conference that he's got to recruit the state of Texas and they have to recruit the state of Texas better. Ohio state's got like four kids from Texas at the wide receiver position. that are five stars. Like how do you, one of them's from Austin. Like how do you let those guys leave the state? Um, He's got to do that better, and Ohio State's getting their top quarterback. They had Ubers uh, in two years. So um, so they have to do that better, but, like, when I saw the former players tweeting, like, thank God he's gone and stuff like that, okay, well, then you know what? If the former players are saying that, then you probably got to make the move. Yeah. Um, And if they're glad that he's gone, then they know more than me about it, so... I would say if that's how they feel about him then it's probably a good thing that he is um, that he's gone then. And and Tom Herman was always he was never I still think Tom Herman's a good coach. I just don't think his type of style ever probably ever probably worked at Texas.
1: Yeah. But
0: like he's probably a really good excuse like top tier coach at houston where he'll get your five stars here and there and what you did with ed oliver or he'll be like a really good coach at say like an oklahoma state like a just below a bottom tier like a mid-tier power five where hey if they get a good year maybe they have a snip of the conference championship something like that Mm -hmm. and his his stick of like making fun of drew Locke and All the other stuff like that just doesn't play well. I don't think that plays well at a place like Texas. No, yeah, it well, doesn't.
1: I, th- I think I think you're right, you know, uh, about what you say, you know, like you said, Oklahoma State's a good a good comparison, uh, maybe like a UCLA or something, you know, the, not not your blue chips, but just that that second tier, like I said, of, of your power five uh, conferences uh, or excuse me, power five teams. So, you know, I'm sure he'll land on his feet somewhere. I'm definitely I definitely know he'll get a he'll get a uh, offensive coordinator job somewhere if he doesn't become a head coach um somewhere else but yeah like you said if the if the players are saying you know kind of ding dong the witch is dead then obviously there's something there that just wasn't working and uh so this was the right decision for texas if that's the case
0: no i would uh i uh i would agree with that all right ryan is there anything else you want to touch on before we uh, wrap up here
1: I think there was, but I don't remember. So, oh, the Steph getting 62 points, like, it's about time, Steph. I mean, come on. You you chuck up 25 threes a game. It's about time you get 62 <laughs> points. And you, now you're going to say, oh, I took that personally, Michael Jordan. Yeah, guess what? You Your team stinks. You he can't does,
0: he said that?
1: Yeah. Oh. He, yeah, he said, I. Uh, you know the Michael Jordan meme? Yeah, I took all that personally, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, so the Steph slander, I think, is correct. Yeah, is their team bad? Yes. But still, it's like... Relax, relax. Um, but uh, I think that was, I think that was really it. There was something we were talking about the NFL that I wanted to bring up, but I but I forgot, so uh, yeah, I guess we can just wrap it up there
0: about the draft. No, no, but I don't remember. It's all good. You know who's been bad for the, for the Warriors two games in, Draymond? Yeah, chonky boy Draymond. I mean, Kelly Oubre is now finally making other than layups, but uh, chonky boy Draymond is uh, having a rough season and the Suns finally went over one game yeah oh yeah Paul George fake
1: tough guy give me Devin Booker that fight 20 to 20 times is he added to the list oh yeah he's yeah do something do something one time in the league Paul George and then step to Devin Booker please
0: yeah well what's Devin Booker done in the league
1: he's an up-and-coming star man
0: (laughs) I mean Paul George has done stuff in the league he hasn't done anything um, all right. <laughs> um, all right. The mass had a well, just shooting from the hip. The mass had a bad loss against the Bulls last night. Um, if anybody was even watching, Jalen Brunson, though, at 31, it was also Luca was out last night. So, was it a bad loss? I don't really know. Um, poor story I story thing's coming back sometime this week, but uh that's uh that's pretty much it yeah um, all right we'll talk to everybody on Thursday get a little playoff preview with our picks uh, we'll we'll do a little uh, we'll give a recap on how our bowl picks went and uh, yeah we'll do that on Thursday thanks everybody for listening talk to you guys then